Hello, everybody. We are Ken and Lisa Henderson. We'd like to welcome you to the Faith Works Podcast, and thank you for tuning in. We are going to be looking into the lives of ordinary people, and we'll be examining how faith in God is working in their lives and how it will work in yours. We are very excited to bring you testimonies, release prophetic words, and examine Scripture, which will cause your faith in Jesus Christ to grow. Thanks again for joining our conversation. Welcome to the Faith Works Podcast. Because I'm free. Shalom, and thank you for joining us. My name is Pastor Ken Henderson. I'm Lisa Henderson. And we're the pastors of Salt Life Church on Merritt Island, Florida. We're very blessed today because we got a good friend of ours that we have known for a very long time. We tried to figure it out, but we gave up. And <laughs> and so we met her when her mom and dad were evangelists and traveling years and years ago. They came to our church, and I think she was either a preteen and that's being kind or just just barely a teenager and so and that was three days ago at least so we don't we don't want to uh, embarrass anybody but but at the same time we're happy to have with us today Jessica Goodman and you may have know some of her songs actually that have been out for years and and I think one of them uh, there's a river my personal favorite is seasons and we we actually feature her on the beginning when she does the song that that opens for us I'm free and that was at her church in Lakeland Highlands years ago I was ago. 19 wow. you were 19 <laughs> wow and and so that that is what we open with every week, and then we also usually go off with seasons because every time, and, and, and for me, that song, every time I hear it or play it, it relaxes me so much, and so I really love, yes. I really love her music. We really love her. And, and they may be familiar with um, Come To Me. Come To Me, um, yeah. Which was featured uh, at Brownsville a lot, and then has actually been redone. So several of several Jessica's people. songs have been Carrie done. Carrie Joe, Carrie Joe, Bethel, and different people. Bethel, and then um, Rita Springer, didn't she do some of your stuff? So just to catch up on on Jessica, and also we featured her in our film, Hope Has a Name, so if you want to get to know more about her, you can watch that. But uh, we were just, she was sharing with us um, what God's been speaking to her heart. You'll need to go back and watch the other interview. We just, uh, it was going so well. We had still so much to say, and God was really ministering that we wanted to do part two. So she graciously has stayed over to um share with you some more. We've been speaking out of Psalm 27, uh, verse 4, and just talking about what God has done in her life, about the, the God, what He wants to do in your life, friend, with worship and, and revealing His holiness and His beauty to you. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about one of the songs that Andy Park did, and, that's, and you want to talk about that for just a minute and how that impacted you and, and that. So. Yeah, I, I think one thing that really changed me um, back in the 90s, speaking of age, but um, is when God just began to put songs in front of me by other artists, a lot of vineyard and just very simple worship music was coming out back then. Um, not so much a lot of the 
more hyped up stuff that's out today. It, it was songs that reflected scripture and that mm-hmm. reflected the love of the Father that kind of like you said, were very relaxing and trusting. I remember being touched very powerfully by the Lord at Brownsville for one of the first times. And I, I ended up just laying in the floor sobbing. And I remember some of that just simple vineyard music coming on. And the song at, at that moment was Hide Me in the Shelter. And I really felt like I was hiding in the shelter of God. And he did so much inner healing in those moments. But then songs about the beauty of God and just the simplicity of worship that focused on God, not me. Back then, there were so many, it seems like so many more songs that you could find by people like Andy Park or Lyndall Cooley or um, Rita Springer, some of these folks that I had never heard of that were just so raw and open with their own pursuit. And one of my favorite Andy Park songs that really still ministers to me, I still sing it, 20-something years later is one thing I ask, and it comes from Psalm 27.4. And, you know, he just says, this is one thing I ask, that I could dwell in your house forever. And then he says, hear me, O Lord, hear me when I cry. Lord, do not pass. Don't let your spirit pass for me, something like that. And he's just so desperate to stay in the presence. He's desperate to dwell. You know, Lord, do not hide your face from me. You have been my strength. And he just goes on and on unto the Lord of all the things he means to him. And why? Because of that, he can't live without him. And just those intimate lyrics and the simple melodies that were behind them. I mean, that's the stuff that messed me up the most. Nothing that was complicated, just songs that spoke to my heart and spoke of the beauty of Jesus. You know, one of the tricks that I think the enemy has done is to prompt us that we always need a new song. Now, listen, I believe in new music. Don't get me wrong. But there's something about the the repetitiveness Mm -hmm. and the simpleness of the songs that you're talking about in that era that were very profound because even if you didn't know it, by the time it was easy to, to learn... And there, there was a lot of repetition in those songs, but they were so direct and they were so about loving God mm-hmm. and who he was and during that era. And, and it just impacted me as a worship leader, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and I don't talk about that a lot. Those who go to my church know or those who I've been in, in services with know I do lead worship, but they impacted me so much. Mm-hmm. And it was such a simple time, and you talked about Vineyard and Andy Park and, and Lindell and, you know, those, those songs that were— at, what, what I love about that era, those songs were actually born in the revival, revival. of the right. day, which was the Brownsville Revival, and very, very powerful, and, and they impacted me, and your music has impacted me as well. So, yes. so. When I think— um, you know, we were gathered Tuesday night for the school of worship that I host at my home. Such a privilege, but we were talking about the glory, and I heard the Lord say as we were just worshiping, I put some old Brownsville on and just let people go after God, and I heard him say, my glory has a sound. And I think some of the, one of the reasons, like you said, we're so attached to some of these older songs is because there's a specific anointing on them because they were birthed during revival. Mm -hmm. And I think that's also what is lacking in some of the newer music, not that it's not a good song, but it just doesn't have that connection to the glory because it wasn't born from there. Right. And I think all of us are so hungry as worship leaders 
for a new sound that we recognize from revival, not from a good radio hit. Right. Does that make sense? So, One yeah. of the, the new worship groups that I'm seeing and sensing that kind of anointing on is Maverick City. Mm. There is, we, yeah, I don't even have to know the song, but yeah. when it starts playing, something mm-hmm. happens in my spirit that I recognize mm-hmm. that. And I am familiar with that mm-hmm. from Brownsville and, and us doing the Brownsville worship and listening to the Brownsville worship and like you said that the sound of it the the thought it provokes the worship that it provokes and one of the first songs I heard from them pulled me in immediately because it said dearest father closest friend so beautiful and immediately your eyes go up to him because the lyrics are about how beautiful he is not about what we like about ourselves or what we need and you know and those simple songs too are so attainable I think a lot of music is written to show off lyrics or it's so wordy it's so heady it's so loud that you know the average person that's just walking in broken going through all kinds of things they just desperately need something that will be a bridge for them to get to the present something they can sing and actually mean it not something they feel like well I can't sing that because I'm just me. You you know, as I've taught worship leaders, Mm -hmm. I've always said, you know, one of the biggest things that they need is something that's recognizable so that they can tune in. And I think what you hit was key. They can be biblically correct, but be so wordy that you can't ever get into the spirit of worship because you're too much concerned really about the the words. the words and you have to look at the wall you have to or and what i mean by that whatever device is showing the words and people get so wrapped up in that mm-hmm. that that the, they can't really plug in and just press past the veil and you know we we used to talk about it quite a bit when when, when we were revivalists, and we still do as, as far as when we teach mm-hmm. but you know the outer court the inner court but then there is a holy of holies, and we can get there. But as worship leaders, let me just say this to worship leaders, mm-hmm. as a worship leader, your congregation is never going to go past where you are. Where right. you are. Right. You've got to be able to lead them in. And how that works in, 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 in my mind or what works in my ministry is when you forget about the crowd, mm-hmm. when you forget about the people, mm-hmm. and you start singing to the Lord, and he says, now follow me mm-hmm. because I think it's the most important thing that we actually get our eyes on him and not on ourselves and not on the list that we prepared ahead of time, but actually go with what he is saying in the moment, mm-hmm. in the moment, follow me and I'm going to take you where you really want to be at. Yeah. I, and I think it's okay for us to do songs, um, if that's speaking to us as mm-hmm. worship leaders and even do it Sunday after Sunday, if God is on it and he's moving and the and the congregation is responding, it's striking a chord with them, it's okay to do it again. Mm-hmm. Well, we did that last week, so do it again. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if, if that's where God is right now, if that's where he's settled, let's do it again. And there are songs that speak. To, uh, there's a song that, that he still does that um, I think actually you introduced us to him, and it was um, Show Me Your Face. Mm-hmm. That song will wreck me today. I can be walking down the road and be listening to that in my uh, earphones and show me your face, come on, and it will double me over and people are looking out of their houses at me because I'm, you know, just responding to the presence of God. 
another song that just happened to me that way in my kitchen was Maverick City, and it was Take Me Back. Yeah, that's good. It's because it talks about my first love, to mm -hmm. my first love, coming back to you, or Refiner's Fire, yes. or just these songs that really, you know, put our hearts and mind and attention on God. And it, they can come to us in a time of complete trouble. Mm -hmm. I like that you mentioned that in the last program. We were talking about Psalm 27:4, and how that verse is actually your favorite verse 4, but it's surrounded. It's, it's sandwiched between hardship. And do you want to talk about that for a moment and how God used worship to pull you out of that? Well, just, you know, we have to give up on, you know, getting a free ticket out of suffering. We have to give up. I mean, I think after so many decades, I've learned, okay. <laughs> In fact, I used to run a lot, do a lot of endurance running. And I was also going through a very hard time several years ago at the same time that I was training for a race or something. And I just remember God paralleling that one morning and he said, you were made for endurance. Like, I've made you That's good. for these kinds of things. And I'm thinking, oh, no, like, he just confirmed, like, I'm going to be suffering a lot. I'm just one of those people <laughs> that, like, he's gifted me to get through hard things and endure anyway. Um, but one of the things, one of the main things that have gotten me through a lot of hard times, I mean, we could go all day talking about just things I've gone through medically, you know, with my family, my health, all kinds of just personal problems. But just like Psalm 27, one thing I ask is sandwiched between all kinds of conflict. And I've seen a lot of conflict in my life. I've seen a lot of pain, but I can always run back to worship. I know that it's always going to be a key that will let me in to the secret place, which we can talk about prayer another time. We've got to get back to the secret place. But when we studied trust, I, my worship team and I years ago studied the word trust as part of our worship teaching. Um, and you always think, well, if I feel afraid, that means I must not be trusting God. But when you study it out, the word trust actually means to run for refuge, like to make a mad dash. And so when we trust God or when David says things like, okay, I'm in the middle of this battle, but I choose to set my eyes on the one thing, or I will trust you, Lord, when I am afraid. He didn't say, okay, when I'm done being afraid, I'll feel like I'm finally trusting you. No, it's when I am afraid, I will do the action of running to you. And that is trust. Trust doesn't mean a lack of fear. Right. Trust means we run to God and we worship in the middle of it. Right. One thing I ask doesn't mean, okay, everything's fine now. I'm in, a, uh, I'm in the mood to worship and I feel your beauty and everything's fine. So one thing I ask, you know, no, it's because of the conflict. That's when I feel like I pray the most. Sometimes right. I worship the most because I'm desperate. I'm dependent on it. And sometimes he will allow us to get so thirsty so that we finally come back to the well and not our own cisterns. Like in Jeremiah, right? We build up our own things because we feel like, well, I'm doing okay now. I don't have to seek the Lord like I used to. And sometimes he'll allow situations to happen just to draw us back because he so longs for that worship and that communion with us. Bottom line, he wants our friendship. You know, we were in, we were in uh, uh, Serbia a couple of years back and we were ministering and, and our son was with us and he had some really... It, strong issues going on and they were legitimate this wasn't just his imagination mm -hmm. and we were going to a house and I remember very well because it was it was it was uh, uh, a, a a time when we were going to be ministering to the gypsies mm -hmm. and 
he said, Dad, I don't know if I can do this. And, and I was reminded of something that Bill Johnson had said, and I, and I said it to him. And I said, son, you will never get this opportunity when you're in heaven to worship out of pain. Right. And, and so it, it always brings me back, and we've talked about the simplicity of songs. There are certain songs when you hear them, you don't have to hear them the second time to know, I'm going to worship. Yeah. And Rita Springer does this song, All I Need to Do is Worship. Mm-hmm. And from the moment, the ver- when, when, when she opened up and she began to sing that, mm-hmm. I, I didn't need somebody to, to sit down and explain the song to me. I didn't need all the wordiness. She started singing and it was immediate. I was in the presence of the Lord and it was what I needed at the time because I was so distraught. And, and, and listen, friends, right now, there's a lot to distract us. There's yes. a lot to pull us down. There is a lot going on in our country that's, that's unnerving. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 a scary time for a lot of people. So what we're talking about, and, and, and I want to talk about Ruth's book in just a minute, mm-hmm. but what we're talking about is just getting into the focus and the presence of the Lord so that we don't have to look for something else but we just stand on the word of God and when it's in that moment that's when we really can just tune in to what God is doing it's so much easier to have one of those simple instant in the moment right now all I need to do I don't need to do anything else I don't need to pray through a situation I don't need to find a, a necessarily a, a scripture. You know, the one scripture that, that, that comes to mind is the situation where, where the woman said, my daughter, mm-hmm. she's got a problem. And Jesus said, what is that to me? You're just nothing but a dog. But then the Bible said, but then she worshiped him. Ooh, yeah. And it yeah. changed the situation mm-hmm. that quick. And someone asked me yesterday, mm-hmm. um, when I teach on warfare and spiritual warfare, they said, what would you say is one of the greatest tools of warfare? And I said, worship. Mm-hmm. It absolutely, you found that to be true in your <laughs> life because you shared on the last program how you just began to focus on the beauty of God and the glory of God, and it broke. You had breakthrough. And I, before we move on to talk about Ruth's book, which we mentioned in the last program about the glory of God, I want to read these scriptures because I feel like someone watching needs to hear this because as uh, Pastor Ken mentioned, we're living in some trying times. Mm-hmm. And maybe you've had the worst year of your life, 2020, you're just saying, thank God that's gone. Or, you know, maybe you've suffered a lot of depression, oppression, health problems, mental problems, whatever that is. You know, David was no stranger to conflict and trouble and oppression. And some of the most beautiful Psalms was written out of that conflict. And as you mentioned, um, Psalm 27.4 is sandwiched between that. So I just want to read just for a moment, just in case someone's watching or listening Here's what it says, starting with verse 3. Though an army may camp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord all the days of my... that Wait. This one thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple... For in time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. It didn't say that he would make the trouble vanish. But when I run into his presence, into his place, he'll hide me there in the secret place of his tabernacle. We said we could spend a whole another program talking about (laughs) secret place worship and secret place prayer. He shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. 
And now my head shall be lifted above all my enemies all around me. Therefore, I love how I said this. Now my head's going to be lifted up. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Why? Because he has heard me when I've cried and I ran to to his temple. I ran to his tabernacle. There he hid me. Now, therefore, now I can lift up my voice. Yeah, I remember you were talking about running and hiding and uh, warfare being, or worship being warfare. And I remember um, I've done a, a ton of work in inner city missions, and we've had really close calls. You know, we've never, I've never been afraid, but we've definitely had to, I remember at one point there were some shootings happening outside while we did food pantry, and I just had to bring the team in, and um, we just gathered in the kitchen while the police did searching, and um, we just started singing, Thou, O Lord, our shield about me, O my glory. It was some of the best worship I've ever been a part of, and I have it say in my phone and it's called lockdown worship but it was like one of those situations painted out for us where outside people are trying to shoot each other I mean right outside like here's our prayer room here's the two guns like they pulled up one of the guys actually came in got food for me and then went outside and they started shooting Um, but we just went into the secret place again he didn't take everything away but he brought us into a place of safety and his presence. And we just began to sing and it was beautiful. It was one of my favorite things. The other thing he spoke to me there, I don't remember what I was worried about this particular day, but I was like, God, what do I do? And there was some warfare going on more in the spirit. And he said, duck. And I was like, what? And he instructed me as warfare to lay down and worship. And I just saw Jesus in kind of a vision. He's like, I said, just duck. That's what I said. You lay down and worship, and I'll do the swinging. You don't have to stand up and fight this battle. So I'm like, this is awesome. Win-win. I get to be a part of watching him fight this amazing battle. I get to worship him. He's glorified. The enemy gets his bottom kicked, and I don't even have to do it. I just get to sing and watch God go, right? So, like, we need to let him fight our battles through worship instead of trying to do everything ourselves because the enemy loves that because he's wearing out God's people. Right. Because they're fighting in the flesh, they're working in the flesh, they're striving, trying to build ministries in the flesh. And you know what? If it's not a pleasing sacrifice to God, it's not worth even doing. Because he just says, kind of like he does in Amos, like, I hate your festivals. I actually hate all this stuff y'all are trying to do. I'd rather you just worship me and offer a pleasing sacrifice and have compassion on people. <laughs> like, yeah. that's God's heart. It's very simple. Hey, if you'd like to get to know Jesse a little bit better, what we'd suggest is that you watch our movie, Hope Has a Name. And here's a clip from that. Hope is uh, contagious. doing something right now in this generation with women to live on purpose, to live with fire.
Hey, welcome back. We're here with Jessica Goodman, and we just want her to, we want you to continue to join in while we have this conversation. If you missed the first uh, show, you need to go back and watch that and then just kind of catch up. Now, we mentioned something in the first uh, show that actually I want to visit a little bit, and that was Ruth Heflin Ward's book, yes. The Glory. Yes. Yeah, I think it came out in 1990, and I remember hearing a lot about it, and my dad taught from it, you know, to our church, and it really started messing them up in a good way. Just learning about the pattern of biblical worship with the goal of getting into the glory of God, not with the goal of gaining an audience or writing a good song, but just the biblical pattern of simple four steps, just the simplicity of you know, praise until the spirit of worship comes, worship until the glory comes, and then stand in the glory. That may have been three steps. Did I miss one? Yeah. Praise, worship, glory, and then stand in the glory. Yeah, the four things. So learning how to entertain the Lord and also wait on the Lord. That's one thing I think we're missing a lot yes. in churches is we're so rushed or we're so preoccupied with our agenda and our ideas and our lists and all the things that we're missing and we could be right on the brink. Some churches might be right on the brink, mm -hmm. or maybe in your personal life, you're right on the brink of stepping into that, that heavy, weighty, deeper level with the Lord, but maybe you're stopping short and not fulfilling all those steps. And it's like you're right there, you're hungry, you're worshiping, but maybe you're not giving God enough time to really settle yes. and change you. Yes. We covered all. All right. So verse 27, or chapter 27, verse 7 says, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, will I seek. We're not seeking his hand. Right. Worship and experiencing the glory is really about seeking the face of God and his presence falling in the place. You know, one of the subtleties that... that, that, that that I think uh, Satan is always moving in a very strategic yet small way, just mm -hmm. to twist just a little bit and, and, and to throw people off is uh, people have renamed our, our time together. It's all worship. And we've missed out on Thanksgiving. We've missed out on praise. We've missed out on, on those things. And, and so when we start talking about that and also we, Let's talk about the definition of worship, uh, just to understand, uh, as you pointed out uh, to us off camera, it's not just about music. Right. So let's talk about that for just a moment. Yeah, so when you study the actual biblical meanings of the word worship, um, in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew, it comes from a word, uh, shoktah, which is more of the majestic, reverential, kind of before Jesus came and ripped the veil, it was a little less personal, but still very much focused on God. It was the bowing down. It was kind of the kingly, reverential worship. And none of it mentions music. If any, any definitions you study of the word worship will not mention music, will not mention singing, none of the modern expressions that we use are actually the meaning of true worship. You can sing all day long and never have worshiped because a short definition, too, of the word worship is just down. Mm -hmm. It means literally to humble yourself so, as yeah. low as you can go. One of the definitions means to bow to your bow on your knees and your elbows and to put your forehead to the ground. You see the Muslims do it, mm -hmm. right? Or you hear people say things like, well, I'm not bowing down to that, or I don't want any idols in my life. 
Well, why do you think we have that phrase? The enemy wants us bowing to things in our lives that take the place of worship because he knows what that really means. It's not music. It's whatever you're bowing down to is what you're worshiping. Whatever you're bowing down your time and your finances and your affections to, that is worship. Right. New Testament, the word proskuneo gets a little more personal. I love this one. It's my favorite. After Jesus comes, he changes everything. And that's the one that means to bow down and adore, to kiss, to lick like a dog with his master. I mean, we get really loyal and frenzy here. I mean, Jesus is like our best friend because the veil gets torn and we now get to, yes, bow down, but not just in a distant, fearful way, but in an up close and personal way. This is friendship. This is intimacy. It's not a song. It is a deep, intimate relationship. And I think a lot of people are sadly going to be confused and surprised when they get to heaven and they've done all the singing and the dancing and the programs and they've gone to church and Jesus looks at them and says, but I don't know you. Depart. You're not a worshiper of me. So it means a lot more than music. We're out of time. <laughs> you wouldn't you wouldn't believe how fast thirty minutes goes by whenever you're talking about the glory of God yes. and you're really passionate about it. It's easy to see. So we're gonna have to have you come back yet again and try and <laughs> Maybe someday. Maybe we should just do a regular show is really what (laughs) I think. Uh, But if you want to contact Jessie, we're going to put her information up so that you can contact her, whether it be for her school, whether it be about her music. um, And and certainly you can can get her music. I I know iTunes carries it in different places. Uh, And just support this woman of God. And maybe you can have her to your church. And I know that she's not talking about being on stage, but she is great with an audience. Uh, and, and her audience is always, I'm not, I'm not talking about just the church. She makes the audience God himself. Right. And so uh, it's been our privilege to be able to serve with you for years and years. And we love you. Just you're, you're one of us. We're family. Yes. And so we're excited that you joined us today. And we hope that you'll come back again. If you like, would like the opportunity to help keep us and keep the program going, we just would appreciate any financial support that you want to send our way. And we're going to have a place uh, up on the screen where you can do that. You can always go to our, our, our personal website of cornerstonegm.org. And you can donate there. Right. Or if you would like a partner letter, just uh, we, we've developed that and we'll send it out to you in ways that you can give and, and support us ongoing. And I'm excited about what the network's doing yes. because we're, we're over 300,000 uh, people that we're impacting around the, in 38 countries around the world. So you're going to be all over the world and no telling where you're going to get a phone call from. So we're excited about that. God bless you and keep you. We'll see you again soon. Yeah.
tell them how they can do that. Hey, so thanks for listening today and for supporting what God has me up to lately. If you want to hear more about it or donate and help us out, um, you can email me at pilgrimsong27, that's for Psalm 27, pilgrimsong27 at gmail.com. You can also donate through PayPal. Just find my name and that email address, and you should be able to easily donate. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, all the things. So find me, friend me, and let's do this together. Thank you for listening to the Faith Works Podcast. If you like what you heard today, please be sure to visit us at cornerstonegm.org for books, blogs, movies, and spiritual growth. You can also follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Lisa Henderson, and that's Lisa, L-E-S-A, and at Ken Henderson, or you can follow our ministries at My Salt Life Church and at Cornerstone Global M. See you next week.